good, good. Katie was right. We did Summer Blast, 45 kids, all lives changed, given to Jesus on Friday. Man, and everybody involved. It was incredible. The building, I had people coming up going, this is amazing. I had one guy come up and go, dude, because that's how guys talk, you know. Dude. I almost feel like we'd be in Southern California. Then he'd be like, yo, dude. But anyway, he just said, dude. He said, you are, this is like big time. This is like big church. I said, we are making that step. If that is a step, we just want to do stuff for the kingdom of God. I'm telling you, we just want to be, God have a real presence in Marion that needs a real Jesus. Help me somebody. I mean, so we're, at, we're excited about that. We got invited. Hey, would your church host see you at the poll? I said, ah, yeah. So we will. And uh, so I said, you just let me know. We'll, we'll host it. We'll do whatever we can to bring the light of God better to Marion. And surrounding areas. So I just thank you for your generosity and and all of what you're doing to make that happen. All those that helped in Summer Blast. Faith Life Church from Pastor Gary and Pastor Drinda in New Albany, Johnstown. Pastor John Patton and his wonderful team came from our Headships Church and just did. I mean, basically what we've been talking about, irrational generosity. Just give, 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 give. Crazy giving. Almost you're just like, what? I mean, they had stuffed animal heads like, you know, like a Disney World type, you know, uh, a shark. My, my nephew got a shark. He had a shark head. He said, hey, we want you to have this. And they gave him the shark head. And he was like, yes. I mean, if you listen faintly in the background, you heard this. No, you didn't. But anyway, he loved it. I mean, just great generosity. And then we, our people just followed suit. And Jack uh, Workman and Melinda Workman just donated Tons of hot dogs and dilly bars. And that team was like, oh, we don't want to eat all your hot dogs. I'm like, we have 200. Eat it. Put them in your pockets. We don't care. We want you to take them. <laughs> Wonderful. But I wanted to talk for the next three weeks. I want to talk about when, when the devil knocks. Because he is going and is knocking so many on all of our lives. He will one way or the other. And I want to talk about that so we know how to fight and so we can get this thing won. So I want to welcome you this morning. I want to make some things absolutely clear. The devil doesn't like clarity. He likes deception. Everybody say deception. So in the next three weeks, this week we're going to talk about him being the deceiver. And so we're, we're talking, this isn't just bad vibes or karma or, or any of that stuff. We are talking about real stuff, dealing with what's real. So let's give just a little bit of foundation God created archangels, Michael, Gabriel, Lucifer. Lucifer is a.k.a. or also known as the, the devil, the enemy, the dark one. He, he is the father of lies and he wants you know you to be one of his kids. You don't want that. So, I mean, what I'm saying is he got he was in heaven. God created these angels to do great things for the kingdom. And Lucifer, the devil, said, you know what? I can do this better than God. What about me? I, I, I. And in essence, gets cast out of heaven and takes a third of the angels with him, which is the demons and things that he does to do his henchwork and all that stuff, brings them down here. And he wants he has his own purpose and his own job. And this is what's happened from the beginning of time. God creates Adam and Eve. And then the enemy is who tempted Eve. And the Bible says he came as a serpent in the garden and he begins to question Eve of what God told her. And he starts saying things, you know, like this. Um, did God really say? 
And he starts saying all those kind of things. He starts questioning. He's not asking, did God talk? He knows God spoke, but he's trying to get her to question what, what God said. What did it mean? And so he could have done so many things, but he, had, he attacks Eve here about the validity of God's word. Mark tells us that's what the enemy comes after. He comes after the word. He comes, when you get the word, my job is to bring the word to you. Not, if this is the only time you eat the word, you're malnourished. So, but, but on Sunday, I'm trying to get you to eat at the Lord's table a little bit and go, you know what, I can use that. Pass me some more of that, please. Could I have seconds on that? You know, can, can you get some gravy with that? Because that'd be good with gravy. You know, isn't everything good with gravy or bacon? <laughs> I know it's getting close to lunch, isn't it? <laughs> But anyway, I mean, this is what, so he could have went for her insecurities. He could have said things like, Adam doesn't like you, Eve. He wants to be in his man cave. That's my best snake. He, he doesn't, he wants his rib back. I mean, he could have attacked her in all different ways, but he goes after what he knows is already what can be used to defeat him. So he, he's going after that. And that is his purpose he gets things you know how many knows the enemy is a liar and we're going to we're going to talk about that in just a second but he goes after things that attaches to your emotional state of being that's why people get addicted to porn that's why things happen and they they get stuck in cycles or or there's emptiness or relationships or or not even in that even in other things in drugs they want to take a trip and not leave home how mm. You know what I'm saying? So there's all kinds of stuff he tries to get you on because he wants to pull you away. He is the deceiver from the truth. So let me get this straight this morning. We're not glorifying the enemy in any way, shape or form. But we're doing what I'm telling you so that we can better understand how to fight. We can better understand how to see what's happening so you know how to defend yourself. If you were to ask me, what are the two biggest things that the enemy has pulled off with people in this world? I would tell you these two things. Number one, he, he would tell people he doesn't exist. He'd just get to believe people. It's not real. I'm just a fake. It's just a make-believe. I'm, I'm this. I'm not, I'm not real. It's not, there's no heaven. There's no hell. It really doesn't matter. And the second thing he would is even if you said, I don't believe that. I believe there is a heaven. There is a hell. And by the way, if you believe that, you are correct. He would say, you have plenty of time. You don't have to get yourself right. There's plenty of time for that. So your wild oats now. Can I tell you, my friends, the Bible says today is a day of salvation. We don't know when Jesus is coming back. Matter of fact, he's waiting on the father to say, go get him, son. And when that happens, it's going to be like, where'd everybody go? God is telling you he is a liar. Not God, the enemy. Let me make that clear. Our God is the God of light. The devil is the God, little g, of darkness. God is truth. The devil is the father of lies. Jesus came to give us life more abundantly. And the enemy came to steal, kill, and destroy. The Bible tells us that our battle is not against flesh and blood. Not against things that we really see. But against principalities and powers. Things that we that are happening right now that are in the spirit world, the unseen world. So for the next three weeks, 
we're going to learn how to fight. Because you and I were created in the image of God, and the enemy hates God, thus he hates you. It's not if he attacks, sound the alarm, he's attacking right now. So we're going to talk about when the devil knocks. And the enemy is going to try to keep you from hearing this. You watch. If you want to, I'm going to listen to this podcast again. I'm going to, I'm going to go on, I'm going to, online, I'm going to listen to this. The enemy is going to try to make it so you can't get it. You're going to have to determine, I'm going to, I'm going to hear this. I want to hear it. You know, repetition is a great way of learning. C.S. Lewis said this, there's no neutral ground in the universe. Every square inch, every split second is claimed by God and counterclaimed by Satan. I want to thank Craig Rochelle and, and Life Church that inspired this message for me. This week we're going to talk about the deceiver. He attacks your mind with lies. Next week we're going to talk about the accuser. He attacks your heart with accusations. And then lastly, we're going to talk and look at the slime ball as the destroyer. Because he attacks your will with pride. So let's start with the deceiver. Jesus said in John eight forty four. For you, the children of your father, the devil, and you love to do evil things he does. He was a murderer from the beginning. He has always hated the truth because there's no truth in him. When he lies, he is consistent with his character, for he is a liar and the father of lies. So anytime he speaks, the enemy speaks, he's lying. So how do you know if the devil's lying? If his lips are moving, he's lying. Anytime he speaks, he's lying. He's not telling you the truth. He's lying. He cannot speak the truth. He always lies. And that is his first strategy. When he went to Eve in the garden, he, he had her question the validity or the authority of God's word with lies. He wants you to question the word of God. Two different ways if you're taking notes. The first one, the deceiver questioned God's word. This is what he does. He questions God's word. Genesis 3, 1. The serpent was the shrewdest of all wild animals the Lord God had made. One day he asked the woman, did God really say you must not eat from the fruit from any of the trees in the garden? Notice he didn't deny that God had spoken. He's just saying, is that really what he said? Is that what he meant? He's just having her question his meaning. He's planting seeds of doubt. My friend, there's, God could have told you something. What does the enemy go after? He could go after a lot of things, but he's going to go after whatever God said because that is the crux of where you lie. Do you really believe the Bible? Do you think what he had written it is written by men after all? Could it really be true? You're not that naive, are you? Can you just hear the enemy taunting and maybe you've heard all of these can anybody just speak and create things come on you know we're here by some explosion we're just in this big bang theory or maybe you don't believe that and you just believe we're here by apes (laughs) god didn't mean that it applies for now he meant it was way back then come on this is 2018 We have to tolerate everything, remember? Besides, if God is love and he loves you so much, you can do whatever you want. What makes you happy? What floats your boat? What drives your car? What fuels your life? What bakes your cake? Whatever you want. No rules. People look at rules as they're bound. Can I just say the Ten Commandments were, were to free people, not to bind them? 
Do you, do you let your kids do it? Maddie, Maddie, when she was 10, hey, you want to drive the car? Here's the keys. Have fun. Bring it back. You better be glad I don't do that. You better be glad I don't do that now. What I'm saying is there are rules are there to help you. They're there to keep you safe. You don't tell your kids, go across the street, don't look both ways. You know, you don't do that. They're there for protection. Eve took the bait. And she began to question God's word. God told them to eat freely. Everybody say freely. You see, God is freedom and the devil is bondage. And he'll get that twisted so that you can look at the freedom that you have as bondage and it's not. God said you could eat from any tree freely, just not from that tree, the knowledge of good and evil. There, there are some great things when you obey. Isn't that right? When you're, when you're just obedience, there's blessing that always follows obedience. There's consequences either way. You disobey, there's consequences. Back in our day, we called it spanking. If you didn't do right, you got spanked. We've even done stuff. Now we have people, oh, you can't spank people. We don't, we don't spank our kids and we don't spank them at all now <laughs> just to be clear <laughs> dad stop <laughs> but when they were little my wife would have a whole cart of groceries and if they were acting up she'd warn them and she'd do it lovingly stop it stop 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 it stop it stop it no 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 we're not doing this here and she'd just say i'll be back i'm gonna put this card here i'll be back and that kid's party was over. They were leaving the cart and going to what we call a van. And they came back in about five or ten minutes, quieter and a little more sedated. She never abused our children. I never abused our children. We just said, you will behave. Here's what is acceptable. Here's what is not. I hope I get, come across right. I don't want anybody. Oh, I see what he's doing. <laughs> no okay yeah all right see i got myself in trouble we didn't <laughs> here drink the benadryl no we did <laughs> honey where's the duct tape mm -hmm. we didn't do that we didn't sedate our kids no we did not so if you're listening to this on the internet we did not sedate our kids we backtracking <laughs> this church is fun so Eve, <laughs> let me get it back. <laughs> so she got in a conversation. If you're going to converse with the enemy, we've already said anything he says is a lie. He's going to lie to you. Genesis 3, 2. Of course, we may eat from the trees in the garden, the woman replied. Now, I want to look at Genesis 2, 16 and 17. We don't have it in, in your notes, but I want to show it to you. The Lord God warned him. This is Genesis 2, 16 and 17. You may eat freely. Eat the fruit of every tree in the garden, except the tree of knowledge of good and evil. If you eat from his fruit, you're surely to die. You're sure to die. You see, Eve, when she's talking with the enemy, left out the word freely. Like, she, like God is holding back. And the enemy's going to twist. He's going to take any avenue. Can I tell you, if you give him an inch, this is where he will take a mile. Don't give him any room. Don't give, you know, that's when in the Old Testament when God would say you put everything down. You, you take everything that he told you. You don't leave, you don't spare anything if God said no. Because why? It'll come back and bite you. 
You've got to listen and you've got to understand. Do not give the enemy any ground. The moment Eve started questioning the goodness of God, then it was easier to, debate, to disobey and not follow his will. When we start questioning God, it's easier to walk away from his will. If we start questioning, if we don't understand, or we are just, well, you know, and we start reasoning with our own mind, we continually then start to stray just a little. Here's number two, if you're taking notes, the deceiver twisted God's word. Genesis 3, 4, and 5, you won't die, the serpent replied to the woman. God knows that your eyes will be opened as soon as you eat it. You'll be like God, knowing both good and evil. Now, isn't that what the devil wanted for himself? He wanted to be like God. I can do this better than God. I'm as good as God. I, 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 I. Five of those eyes, if you look at the account, and he gets kicked out of heaven. That's what cost him his place. Eve is already created, and so are you and I. We were created in the image of God. She already reflects God's heart. And then the enemy will come in and twist and twist. He gives the truth kind of with a twist. You can't judge me. The Bible says you can't. I can do anything I want because God is love. Don't judge me. This is, this is 2018. You might. We can't do it. I mean, there's so much stupid stuff going on. I mean, stupid stuff. We can't celebrate this because in the major population in the whole world, there might be, what, 1% that doesn't like this, so we can't. You, know, you can't say Merry Christmas. It's not appropriate. We have to say Xmas. We have to take Christ out of Christmas. Put a helmet on. <laughs> I'm just saying, well, there's so many things that are going that we're just, we, have to, we don't want to make anybody mad. We might offend someone. We might offend. You cannot do this. You can't. Uh, I just uh, was watching something the other day, and they said, these kids, you can't dress. Now, I'm not saying it's a great idea anyway, but they stopped these kids because they were having a Halloween party, and they stopped these kids from dressing like there was somebody from a coven there, a witch, and she was offended because somebody was dressing with stockings, striped stockings, and a pointy hat. 1% of the population or whatever, you're going to get offended because some six-year-old's got pointy, you know, a hat and stockings. Get over it! And they just, all they want to do is score a Kit Kat bar. We live in a society that's just like, oh, we have to do. But I'm telling you, God is saying, listen to what I'm. He's giving you rules. He's giving you protection. Please know, sound the alarm, you're under attack. He's coming after your family, your finances, your physical health, your kids. You're under attack. The enemy is coming after your family. If, he, if you don't think he is, he's probably already attacking. You're not catching it. Someone breaks into my house and comes after my family. What do you think I'm going to do? I'll tell you what I'm not going to do. I'm not going to just not do anything and say, Kim, go take care of them. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to hit my knees and go, oh, God, please don't let them get to Maddie's room. Don't let them come in here. Just let them get what they want and be gone. No, I am going to somehow transform into Jackie Chan. Hulk smash. Bruce Lee and Rambo. You just saw that picture on Facebook. I can do Rambo. I'm going to transform and I might be in my boxers, but somebody's going out on the lawn. I might even throw Jason Bourne in there. 
We're under attack. Not today, devil. Not in my house. Not with my kids. Not with my family. Not with my finances. Not with my health. Not with my church. Not with my town. You have no authority here, no place here. I fight in the name of Jesus. The name that is above every name. That's not my name, but I come in the authority of the one that gave it to me. Every demon must flee. I fight in the name of Jesus. I'm not tolerating anymore. I'm done waiting on you just to get a foothold. Don't give him any room. I know who I am in Christ. I know who I have in Christ. And I have his power because he's given it to me so I can do what is needed by his grace. If we're in a battle, what kind of battle is it? It's not one with flesh and blood. We have spiritual weapons. Paul said in Ephesians 6, we have the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, the shield of faith, the belt of truth, the gospel of peace, the shoes for that, the armor of God. And then we have the offensive weapon, the sword of the spirit, the word of God. We have the sword of the spirit, the word of God, and that's our weapon. This Bible isn't just some storybook. This just isn't a storybook that just is about something we can put a picture on a felt board. This is living truth. This is living word. Every answer that you have is in this book. During Bible times, they they usually fought with a couple swords. They had a big sword, just like a, you know, one of these big, like David when he cut off Goliath's head, he used Goliath's sword. I mean, it's just a big sword. And he could, you could keep enemies at a distance. And that's good. If you can keep the enemy at a distance, keep him at a distance. But if somehow he got past that first defense and he got in close, there was another sword that was a closer one. And it was called, actually, the gladius. And it was for hand-to-hand combat. If the enemy got in, it was in close battle. It was in your hand-to-hand combat. And it reminded me of the movie The Gladiator. And so I wrote this. I will have my vengeance in this life or the next. What we do on earth echoes in eternity. Where's the men in this building? <laughs> Let's pause for a moment as we just thank God for one really great man movie. I'm telling you, when the enemy comes in close... You're going to need to draw that sword. You're going to need to draw that and say, oh, it is written. Hebrews 4.12 says, for the word of God is alive and powerful. It's sharper than than the the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. That's how we fight back. It is the spoken word of God. It is the sword of the spirit. That's how we win this battle. It is the word. It is the word that wins. It's not you. It's the word in you. It's not anything you've done. It's what was already done and you've accepted and used the word to do what it's going to do. It is the word inside you. The anointing of God that's in you. That is what wins the battle. The Bible says Jesus fasted 40 days and 40 nights. Heck, most of us, we miss one meal and we're we're groucho marks. Can I get you anything? No, you can't get me anything. Don't you even try. The enemy knows. He knows Jesus fasted. He knows he's hungry. So he attacks him. He tells him to turn stones into bread. 
You say, well, Brett, I haven't been attacked in a long time. And I mean this in love, so please. But maybe you haven't done anything. Maybe there's nothing that's threatening the enemy at all. You know, I'll just lay low. I don't have to do anything at church. Matter of fact, if I don't do anything, then I can't be expected to do anything. And thus, ha ha. You're still under attack. You just don't know it. When you do something for God, the devil comes knocking. When you're generous, the devil comes knocking. Last service, I had a wonderful lady came up to me and she said, you know what? I fought about giving. I have fought giving all my life. And I came and you, you talked about giving and how God is telling us. And he gave me a figure and I said, no. Have you ever done that? I've been there. I'm like, I'm not giving that. That's got to be the devil. I rebuke that. And then would come again. Can I just say the enemy, the enemy's not going to tell you to give to God. But, you know, so it would come again. She said, it happened last week and I refused it. And it happened again. And so I gave it. And I felt like the Lord said, just trust me. And then you kept saying, God is saying, just trust me. So she's like, ah. So she gives it. And God, not only that, she got it all back in $20 more. She's like, that's incredible. And she's, this is what she said. I wish I'd have learned this a long time ago. Help me, somebody. It is written. Nobody's here trying to deceive you except the deceiver. But you've got to get the word. You've got to understand. That's our sword. When you realize you are the church, the devil comes knocking. When you realize you have gifts to serve the body, the devil comes knocking. There's three waves of attack he put on Jesus. Here's the first one. He, he told him to turn the, those stones into Krispy Kreme donuts. That's the 2018 version. The light is on, Jesus. Just turn them into donuts. They'll melt in your mouth. Trust me. You know, my son went to Krispy Kreme. True story. Light was on. Boop. You know, and I guess you can go and get a Krispy Kreme or whatever. I don't know if they still do that anymore. He pounded down. True story. Pounded down two dozen of them. Hun, hun, hun. I'm like, and, and then, you know, and I'm like, and okay, that's not fair. Because if I even thought about pounding down two dozen, hey, hey, hey. Two dozen. Anyway, Jesus, turn those into Krispy Kreme donuts. Check this out. Jesus goes for his sword, and this is what he says. It is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Then wave two, he comes in, he says this. He takes him to a cliff, and he says, the angel said he'll give you charge over you, and they'll rescue you if you just fall off this cliff. A little bit of a twist there. Jesus draws the sword again and said, it is written, do not put the Lord your God to the test. Then the third wave. If you see all this, these powerful kingdoms and all of this great stuff, I'll give it all to you. If you just bow down and worship me, the enemy tells him. Jesus said, it is written, get away from me, devil. Worship the Lord your God and him alone. And that's when the devil has to leave. It is written. It is written. It is written. Where are you being attacked at? Where has he been allowed to come in close? Draw your sword because what you do now will echo through eternity. And see, in your mind, the enemy is going to twist. He's going to deceive you. It's too late. It's too late. You screwed up too much. There's too much under the... Oh, it's, no, there's no way. Can I tell you, nothing can separate you from the love of God. There's nothing that's been too late. Nothing the blood can't handle. Nothing the blood can't cover. There's no grace that God can't apply to you. <laughs> Psalm 119, David says... 
I've hid your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Your word is part of me. This is what David's saying. It's part of my being. It's inside me. It makes me who I am. It's whose I am. I recognize everything because your word brings light. Help me, somebody. It helps where I'm dark. God starts saying, there it is. Brett, take that step. All right, there's another one. Go over here. Don't go to the left, to the right. Stay on course. It's the word of God. It's a lamp. We've got to hide that word. Draw the word of God. That's your sword. It doesn't just happen, though. You have to purpose it there. you got to study it. you got to read it every day. Everybody say, for purpose. Say it with an accent. For purpose. You see, you must put the word in you for a purpose. You must do it for purpose. Your children are looking at you going, I want to be like daddy for purpose. Dads, take your little girls and show them what it means to be a real man. Show them how a real lady is supposed to act for purpose. Pastor, I don't know how to act like a real lady. Good. But you can show them. Have somebody else show them that part. (laughs) For purpose. Moving on. (laughs) Some of the problem is our people don't even know where their sword is. I don't know where I left my sword. Is it, wasn't it by the, it was by the kitchen table. Yeah, that's, no, no, it's by the bed stand. No, I, I don't know. It's not there. Where is it? Life is busy and I get it. Some people have one, two, and three jobs or both parents are working just to get ends to meet and I get it. But God has made ways that you can get the word with you. You can keep it with you. If you have a phone, you can download the word on your phone. That's pretty cool. It can be any, it can be with you wherever. So if you don't, you know, I don't want to carry this around. It's just too much to carry around and I'll leave it set somewhere. If you carry your phone, you have it. God's amazing. You know, I found out there's been times I'm like, Kim must be on the phone. I hear her talking to somebody. Or I hear somebody talking. She says, you must have it on speaker. She doesn't have it on speaker talking to anybody. The Bible is reading to her. Her her phone has got the Bible app, and you can have it read to you while she's putting on her mascara. Why do women have to have their mouth open when they put on mascara? I don't know. But while she's putting on her mascara, it's reading to her. I've got my phone. It talks to me in an Australian accent. It's cool because I feel like I'm important. You can do all, but I'm just saying there is no excuse. You get the word. You do it for purpose. You get it in your heart. You start saying, okay, I'm going to put it, put it on posty notes, stick it on your car door, stick it on the mirror when you're shaving. Most of us know where Instagram is, Twitter, Facebook, Snapchat. We know where all that stuff is. Let's make the word of God a priority. Before it can come out of your mouth, you've got to start putting it in your heart. You can read it, and that's good in the beginning, and we just start reading it. Revelation twelve eleven says, He overcame him by the blood of the Lamb. That means you're in covenant. You've got Jesus as your Lord. And by the word of their testimony, find yourself a word. 
What's, what are you battling? What giant has got in that you got to pull your sword and find that word? It is written. And that word is what you're going to use against the enemy. First day of the week, I'm going to go to church. I get the I don't have to go to church. I get to go to church. Come on, this is a mindset. I get to come. I get to worship God. I get to do what I get to say yes to Jesus. I live in America. It's a free country. So I get to go to church. First financial increase comes in. I give the first portion. I give my tithe to God. I give an offering. I give the first portion of my day. I put God first. And then the rest of the day begins to fall in line. What does the word do? It convicts us when we stray. Directs us in God's will. Comforts us when we're hurting. Encourages us when we're depressed. Equips us to do his perfect will. Reminds us it's not about us. It's about his kingdom. It's about people that don't know Jesus. It is living bread. Spiritual nourishment. It strengthens me. It washes over me. It changes me. It makes me more like my father. It is God's word inside me that changes. Now the word doesn't change, but I change with the word. I can tell you that nothing could help you more than to put the word first. Make it part of your daily routine. So we fight with the word. We draw the sword. If I'm depressed, I would draw my sword and I would quote, The joy of the Lord is my strength. When my family is under attack, I would pull my sword and say, No weapon formed against me will prosper. And for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. If I think I can't make it another day, then I pull my sword and say, I will not grow weary in well-doing. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. When my diagnosis isn't good and the doctor says things I don't want to hear, all things are possible to him who believes. By his stripes, I am healed. When you're not sure what you're going to do, I trust in the Lord with all my heart. I lean not on my own understanding. In all my ways, I acknowledge him. If I'm ashamed after I'm doing something wrong or I've done something wrong, then I say there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. When I confess my sins, God is faithful and just to forgive my sins and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. If your marriage is under attack and the devil comes knocking, draw your sword. Love is patient. Love is kind. It doesn't boast. It's not proud, not rude, not self-seeking, not easily angered. It doesn't delight in evil, but rejoices in the truth. Love always hopes. It trusts. It protects Faith, hope, and love, these three remain, and the greatest is love. Then my Savior, Jesus Christ, dwells within me, so I can operate in love. Not today, devil. You will not get my kids. You will not get my house. You will not get me. You are, not, you are opened up. I have seen you. You will not deceive me anymore. If you think the devil is this cute little guy in a pitchfork, looking like Elmer Fudd, ha, ha, ha. You probably think Jesus is some hippie dude with a lamb on his shoulders like, yeah, man, hang, hang loose, baby. The Bible says he is love, but he's also righteous. Revelation 1, 13 and 16 says, and standing in the middle of the lampstands was someone like the son of man. 
He was wearing a long robe with a gold sash across his chest. His head and his hair were white like wool, as white as snow. And his eyes were like flames of fire. His feet were like polished bronze refined in a furnace. His voice thundered like a mighty ocean waves. He held seven stars in his right hand. And a sharp two-edged sword came from his mouth. And his face was like the sun in all its brilliance. That two-edged sword, my friends, is the word. He's just like his father in the beginning. Jesus is coming back and the devil's party's over. He's using the word. It is written. It is written. It is written. What are you fighting today? What has he deceived you about? You need to uncover that. Get the truth of the word and fight it the way you can fight it. Fight it the way you know it's already won. Fight it the way because you have the authority to put it out there. The Bible says the word became flesh and dwelt among us. The word is Jesus. The devil is a liar and the truth is Jesus. If we sin somewhere along the line, then we believe some kind of a twist from the enemy. He is a liar and we know there's no truth in him. But thank you for the son of God. His truth sets us free. When the enemy comes knocking, draw your sword. I'm going to say this and I'm going to close here and I'll check it out. This is all viewpoint now. This is perspective. You're not fighting for victory. Oh, yes, Brett. Yes, I am because I need to win in this. No, listen. You're fighting from victory. Now, if you want to view that you're fighting for victory, then you're already viewing that you have to do something to get it won. Now, the only thing you have to do is believe what was already done. So you're not fighting for victory, you're fighting from victory. And that is the deception that the enemy wants you not to know. You are not saved by works. You're saved by grace. Because somebody went and paid it for you. Somebody said, this bill is paid. And when he died, that means you win if you receive it. So my my challenge to you today is you're not fighting for it. You've already won it. You're fighting from it. You just have to announce your party's over. You have to do that Bruce Lee, Jason Bourne, Hulk smash, whatever that is. In your boxers, out on the front lawn, you are getting out of my house. So you just understand the deceiver, he's going to lie to you, but you have the truth. And that's what will set you free. My challenge, get you a word. Go after the enemy with both barrels. Get that sword out and start saying, it is written. You know what the enemy's going to do? He's already lost. He's going to start backing up. Whoa, 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 whoa. And he's going to try to deceive you. No, 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 no. What, 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 what did the preacher say? I, I bet he didn't mean this. He's going to get you, not that I didn't tell you, but he's going to get you to try to twist it, to deceive it. You look at your Bible. Don't look at what I'm saying. You, you confirm it with your word. Okay? Can we do that? Because then you don't have to take my word for it. You can take his word for it. And that's the word that he, that he has to obey. Bow your heads. Close your eyes.